New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. I can't believe I can't believe it's week eight, right? Like it's week eight, man. Let me ask you because you know we we football people we love it so much. Does it move? Does it go that fast for you as players, Kiwi, as it does for us as spectators? It goes. It goes even faster. I think. Like when you're when you're in it, you're you're just in it. It's almost like you just you just put one foot in front of the other. You establish. Well, at least for me, I established a routine, right? So you have, um, you know, Tuesdays your off day, but that's when you gotta you know you gotta get some some family stuff done, or you, you know you try to get your massage schedule set up. You're getting your diet. You need to have certain things delivered, food or anti-inflammatories or, or whatever it is, and then you're always dealing with something, right? You're always dealing with some kind of an injury. There's something nagging you here or there. So now you gotta add you know treatment into your schedule. Um, then you have travel and you're just, you're just kind of, you get in a routine, you know, you eat certain things on certain days because you have a long practice on Wednesday or you have a light practice on, on Friday. And, you know, you need certain, you know, levels of carbohydrates or, you know, more water or fluids or whatever it is. And the older you get, the more, the more things you add to it. And so it, 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 it can be a, it's a bear, like it, 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 it's a, it's a process, but every year when you get to the end, it's just like, wow, you look back and you're like, that that's it like it's over you know like you know hopefully you're 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 standing at the super bowl but regardless of where the season ends it, it's it's almost like a flash because you're just caught up in it and then and then does the off season just go by real slow like yeah you know? the i think it i think it depends on on where you are in life you know, um, early on in my career, before I had kids, the off season was was time for you know you travel and you and you do you know you're on an island or you're you're on vacation. You're doing all kinds of you know all kinds of stuff. You know, you're doing uh, you have media responsibilities and you're you're working out. You know, as you get a little older, you know, I had I had my kid, my daughter in 2012, and and. It, it becomes you have a different priority now i'm i'm at home you know i'm working out in the home gym you know and i'm running you know as, as close to home as i possibly can and and just spending time with your family and it, it kind of it grounds you and and so it still flies by there's still just never enough hours in the day and when anybody who's caught up in the in the nfl machine you realize like the season the season just becomes like its own beast you know like holidays don't matter you know days of the week don't matter it's just it's just it's all about getting to sunday and getting that game you, you try to c- capitalize on on the off season it's uh it's it's interesting thank you so much for sharing uh, i i think i find it fascinating hopefully other people listening do as well just to kind of get the perspective of what it means it flies so by so fast for us as spectators what does it do for 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 of course the football players all right Matthias let's jump into it um you've got the Jets at home hosting the Bengals that are just flying high right now right like if the season was to end today the Bengals would win the AFC North uh they'd be the number one seed in the AFC the Super Bowl would go through Cincinnati it's somebody pinch me it's just it's 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 unbelievable the season that they're having I was just I was just writing this down. I don't think people realize. Just to kind of give you an idea, um, the Bengals they have 19, and you could appreciate this, Kiwi. Uh, the Bengals have 19 sacks on the season so far, heading into Week Eight. Last season they had 17 total. So I know we're sitting here and we're talking how great Joe Burrow is, and you know, wow, God bless they drafted Jamar Chase. Who knew? Nobody knew, um, right? Like. Uh, you know, the offense is like rolling on all cylinders, but, you know, don't sleep on this Bengals defense. They're they're real good now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that was something that was always preached, and I think, you know, 
a reason as defensive players, defensive ends specifically, or linebackers, anybody who's who's involved in, in rushing the passer, um, you know, it's preached, you know, all week long in your whole career. Like, if you can get to the quarterback first, you know, it's the same thing. Stop the run and then rush the passer. If you can be disruptive, if, if you can stop the run and make them throw the ball and you can be disruptive in the pass game, you always have a chance to win the game. You know, and then if you, you have a turnover, if you score on defense, what, what is like 80-something percent of the time you'll win the game? So there, there's all these these things that, that that you're taught as a defensive player. Like, if I do this, if I do my job, and that's 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 basically what they're doing. You know, they're just going out there playing. You're talking about 19 sacks. Like, it doesn't matter when you get them, who who got them, or, or what. You know, that's a significant number, and that that's going to help their team. 800-919-3776. Again, I know there's a lot of Jets fans that are already at the tailgate. Maybe you're on your way in. You want to call in and talk about the Jets and Bagels game. Now's the time to do it. Matthias, let's talk about Mike White, right? Like, you know, how difficult oh. is... <laughs> exactly. How, how, how... Hopefully he's not driving in right now listening to this show because we've just been destroying him for the last hour and nine minutes. Um, you know, and that, and that's, how, that's not me. I told myself I wasn't going to get up here and talk. Yeah. Okay. About people, yeah. You know, okay. It, it so, so, so here, here's something interesting, right? I've spoken to a number of uh, backup quarterbacks in the NFL and, and they all tell me this. It's a lot easier to come into a game once your starting quarterback has gone down and all of a sudden they're like, yo, get in here, get your butt in here right now. Put your helmet on. Uh, okay. Okay. Coach. As opposed to marinating in a whole week of having to start. This is your stage. This is your, you put so much more pressure on yourself because these opportunities don't come around that often, right? Like don't throw up your spaghetti on your hoodie, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, like these things don't happen. So you're marinating in it. You're losing sleep. You've got big time butterflies all week. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot more difficult to be that backup quarterback who comes in and starts a game knowing that he's going to start that week than it is at the last minute being like, yo, put on your helmet, you're up. Yeah, do, do, do you, are, you, are you told the same thing with your backup quarterbacks that you've played with? Well, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know specifically about backup quarterbacks, but I can, I can say that I can identify with that myself. You know, like a lot's been said. Like I played a lot of different positions for the Giants when I was there, and I distinctly remember like there are times like when I knew I was going into the game just as a defensive end, I could relax. You know, it was like, all right, you know, like this is this is my bread and butter. This is this is what I do. But you know. When I was, you know, playing at linebacker and defensive end, and now okay, you're in the, the pass rush on third down, you know, you have to be in the defensive line meeting room, and then you're you're back first and second down. You're you know you're with the linebackers, and and, and it's a lot. You know, there's there's a there's a lot on your plate. Um, so when I was first starting out doing it, yeah, I, I do remember having that that feeling. Like you know, it's different when they just when they just throw you in there. You don't have any time to prepare. You just you just you just go in there, and it's like, hey, the, whatever, you know, the let me let me just do my best. You know, and you you play free. The goal is to do as much preparation as you can during the week, um, you know, and leave no stone unturned. And for each person that there's a different level, you know, so there's, there's a, a point in your preparation as an individual where you get there and you're like, okay, you know, like I'm, I'm good. I'm ready. I've seen everything that they have and, and I'm, and I'm prepared. And that relieves a lot of your anxiety. A lot of the anxiety will come from, you know, whether you're, whether you are prepared or not, it's whether you feel like you prepared enough or not, 
You know, when you go to bed the night before the game and you feel like you prepared, you know, hey, there was there was nothing else I could have done. I maximized every hour of every day. I, I went through my routine. I got my sleep. I got everything. I did everything that I possibly could to make sure that I'm prepared. Then you can sleep easy. You know, that's when you just you go out there and you're like, all right, you know what? Like, like I, I'm prepared. I'm going to play this game. I'm going to play my best. And, and I'm and I'll be proud, you know, to stand by whatever um, whatever I put out there on the field, because because I know I left no stone unturned. That's that's where he's got to get to. And that's a challenge for every young player to to understand is that, you know, you're never you're you're never going to be fully prepared. You're never going to they can't you can't practice every single defense against every single look, you know. So you have to let your football knowledge and your 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 instincts take over at some point and stop thinking. Just go out there and play ball. And a lot of times, you know, and and again, you know, it's hard to do that uh, when, you know, your your head is in a book. Right. Like mm-hmm. um, it's and, paralysis by analysis. So right. so, um, you know, we talked about Spagnuolo's defense and, and how difficult it is and, and and whatnot. You know, there were a lot of times when we would just check to cover two, you know, and it was just hey, that's it. Like if, if you look over and somebody too many people are asking questions about a call, you know what? Hey, cover to it. Let's let's just go because it may not be the best call. You know, it may not be the best um uh, you know, um, you know, call for for that, you know, matchup or, or for that down and distance or whatever it is. But if everybody knows it, we have a much better chance of surviving out there during that down because everybody's going to be where they're supposed to be. We're not going to give up the big play. Uh, how that translates to the offensive side of the ball, I think, you know, for a, a new quarterback, like you know, get get with your receivers and get some get some go to plays. Get some get an idea of something that you can just say, Okay, I feel a hundred percent comfortable on this. This is this is what I'm gonna check to. This is what I'm gonna run. And and then do it and then execute it. You know, when you when you have a player, you have a um, a call that you're comfortable with, you should be able to execute it flawlessly. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants, joins us here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Jordan, call me crazy. I'm putting money on the Giants on the money line. You're crazy. <laughs> Anita, Anita, let's just think for a second. The Giants played, you know, let's look at their schedule, right? They lost their first three games to Denver, Atlanta, and Washington. In retrospect, three bad teams, right? They played, they beat New Orleans, who, okay team, right? And they beat Carolina, who... I think we all can all agree is probably a little below average. The two times they played anybody that was decent or pretty good, I mean, aside from New Orleans, was Dallas and then the Rams. And they got their doors blown off in those two games. Now, I'm not saying this Chiefs team is in that category right now because they're playing pretty poorly. But it just shows like, to me that when you make that step up in class that this Giants team – has trouble hanging. So I, I think what about, just with the Chiefs offense alone that it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough ask on a Monday night on the road in Kansas City. I I, I, I get it and I understand uh, where you're coming from uh, with the strength of their schedule and the games that they've lost and, and whatnot. So I appreciate that. But what what about the the performance that they put out there last week? What about you know the yeah. turning of a tide. What about the energy that they had? What about the the fact that they they looked like they were out there having fun? You know, like like when I when I watched them play, it was like wow, like they they have an understanding of of you know what football at this level should be like because they were they were flying to the ball. You know, they were having fun playing the game of football. Like, do you think that there's there's any 
um, in your book, is there is there any um, weight to that? Yeah, you know, I, I do think there is, and I was asked, I asked a bunch of guys about that. I asked Winter Blue. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. I looked at their defense last week. It reminded me of the defense that was out there on the field last year. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, it looked, it looked way more like the defense that was out there on the field last year. And I asked them, you know, do they think that that feeling and, and that uh, – you know, positivity that, that that they were able to, and what, what they were able to put out there, the the shape of that defense is something that they can carry over. And of course, they said they hope so. Uh, but yeah, no, I do, I do think there is something to that. The problem is, is that it's really hard because this is a really good offense, okay? And I know that the Chiefs haven't been great, but in, I was went back and I was looking at some of it. It's not that they're not moving the ball. Like, if the Giants can create turnovers, yes. But this Chiefs offense is going to be really – It's no matter who you are, there's nobody that really stops them, right? I mean, even last week in Tennessee, they were moving the ball up and down the field. I know they didn't score points, and they end up turning it over. But if <laughs> unless you can create those turnovers, this is a tough ask to be able to replicate that. Uh, Carolina offense, remember last week, that had Sam Darnold, and, you know, who did not play particularly well, an offensive line that was really beat up, and now you're playing a Chiefs team, which is way more talented. But they, uh, granted, I think the one thing you want to take advantage of is their offensive line also has been struggling as well. You said but, uh, it's a lot bigger task this week. It's, 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 you know, they could play the same exact way, and it might not look the same on the field, if you know what I'm saying, you know, because the, the competition mm-hmm. is going up a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. I get um, that each each game is individual. You said that the Chiefs are they're moving the ball, but they're they're still not coming out with wins. Like, what do you think the difference is? Like, what should the, turnovers? The, okay, okay. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, Andy Reid, we, we we said what's what's been your problem in office? He said one word and basically stopped them. turnovers. It's that simple. Like, like they're I think they're third in yards and eighth in points. And go look at the turnover category. They're like three turnovers clear of anyone in the league. So they're at the top of offensive categories and points scored with turning the ball over more than any other team in the entire NFL, which if you think about it, it's just a staggering number, right? That's a, that's a staggering set that you could still score even though you're turning it over more than anybody in the NFL. So that's the key for the Giants. If they don't create turnovers, I, I, I give them no chance. If they want to have any chance in this game, they're going to have to create multiple turnovers. So if they're yeah, if, just just uh, just really really quick, Matthias, uh, seventeen turnovers total for the Kansas City Chiefs team. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes has the same number of interceptions as Zach Wilson. Go go ahead, Kiwi. No, if they're turning the ball over at that rate, why couldn't the Giants come out and create turnovers? Why why the skepticism about the Giants if everybody else has gotten turnovers against the Chiefs? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. You can uh, you can absolutely say they can, you know, create the turnovers and do that. The thing is that they're, you know, the way to do that is to create a pass rush that is not the Giants' strength. Uh, I just think it's a tough matchup. I mean, they, of course they can. I mean, I think that the blueprint for the Giants is that game last year, and this is the best win in the Joe Judge era, and it's really the only time they've hung with any, you know, top-level team, uh, was Seattle last year, right? Mm-hmm. And they did enough defensively to confuse Russell Wilson. And I think that's the blueprint here against Patrick Mahomes. You need him to hold on to the ball extra long, show him a lot of different looks, a lot of different things, 
where he isn't able to just, you know, pull the trigger quickly. I mean, his stats when he gets rid of the ball, two and a half seconds and less, are significantly, I mean, almost all his turnovers. I think all but one of his interceptions is when he holds the ball for more than two and a half seconds. So if they can create that confusion, I think that's the Giants' path to uh, potential success here in this game. Again, um, Jordan Renan joining us here on 98.70 ESPN, New York game day. Uh, Jordan, bring us up to speed on, you know, who's healthy, who's not. Uh, from what I understand, Shepard and Kadarius Tony making the trip. They expected to play. Like, kind of get us up to speed on who's playing, who's not, all that good stuff. Yeah, Saquon and Kenny Galli are out. They didn't get particularly close this week. Sterling Shepard, a definite. Uh, he was practicing this week. He said he's super confident he's going to play. I really don't have much question about that, barring a setback. Kadarius Tony is likely to play, I would say. He looked pretty good the past few days getting back to practice, so that's big. So now at least you have uh, Tony, likely, uh, Shepard, and Slayton. At least, you know, that's something, because a couple games ago, <laughs> last week alone, Shep and Tony were out, and a few weeks back, Slayton was out as well, and he was just coming back from a hamstring injury. So at least you got those three guys back. Still not a full arsenal for this Giants team, but uh, at least it's something to work with. I mean, Daniel Jones has potential weapons alongside him, which, which he didn't for a few weeks there, and uh, certainly that helps because you, you can only ask your quarterback to do so much by himself. Uh, so the fact that they could get Tony back, which is I think is likely, uh, is, is huge because we saw the kind of weapon that he could be and just uh, that – explosiveness on, on this kind of scene uh, and this kind of stage, I think, will, will, will be something to see alone. I mean, some that, I mean, who doesn't want to see what he can do against this Chiefs defense, which, quite frankly, hasn't been very good. It's actually been bad. Well, I mean, again, this, this, is, this is why I'm giving the Giants a shot, right? They're healthier on the offensive side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, this Kansas City Chiefs team is just, they're god-awful. They're 29th against, uh, against yeah. the pass. They're 31st against the run. So that means, to me, Devontae Booker should be able to, you know, have some type of rushing success. Um, and, on the, and, and, and on the opposite side, you know, Kansas City's offensive line is horrendous. And you've got Patrick Mahomes, who's just, who's, Forcing the ball, trying to make plays because he knows that his defense cannot stop anyone. So, I just you know I I, I well let me ask you this: Do you like the you like the Giants plus ten plus ten and a half? Do you think like how do how do you see this game script playing out? I don't. I really don't. I just think Monday night in Kansas City. This is a tough place to play in general, and this defense has when when it's gone against top level competition. For the most part, that, that, that Seahawks game is really the outlier. When they've gone against top-level competition, off, I'm talking the defensive side of the ball, it's just been tough sledding for them. That's when they've kind of been exposed because the lack of a consistent pass rush against these really good quarterbacks, they kind of have their way with them. And to me, that scares me in this kind of atmosphere. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs are well aware. I mean, if you told me, okay, I have to bet on the Kansas City Chiefs at some point to figure out that, you know, to stop turning it over at this rate. I mean, it's natural regression, right? They, they almost can't turn the ball over at the rate that they have been this year, right? It's, it's that far an outlier, in my opinion. If you go look at what they've done the last three years of Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback, 
and then all of a sudden to, ha- to have a spike at this rate, eventually it's going to revert to the mean. And this is a good spot for them to do it because the Giants pass rush, they had a good week last week. Uh, but let's be honest, that that's not the strength of this team. It's probably one of the weaknesses. So when they go against these kind of quarterbacks, it kind of scares me. And I, I think that makes this a very tough spot. They're all, they need Daniel Jones to basically play uh, an A-plus game to have a chance to win this game, in my opinion. Um, Jordan, thanks for joining us. I, I appreciate it. We'll see what happens on Monday night. It sounds like I'm the most optimistic person in the thanks, room. Thanks, Jordan. And, and, that's, and, and that's okay. That's fine. It's fine, it's fine by me. I was me. on board last week when everybody else was down, and now I flipped. I'm on the other side. Right? I, told, I said they were going to win last week. Everyone else was demoralized about this team, saying they were done, they were terrible. And now I kind of flipped this week because, uh, but the competition is a big part of that for me. So, uh, let, let me I, 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 I'll take I'll take you at your word. Now. I'll take you at your word that it's a competition. <laughs> but yeah, I just it, it they're just not seems they're like... not ten point underdogs by accident, right? I mean, come on. That's crazy to me. It is I mean, what it is. yeah. All right, Jordan. Thank we'll you. See. Thank you so much. We'll enjoy see. the Maybe game I'm on. Enjoy, enjoy your day off and uh, and enjoy the game on Monday night. Yeah. Happy Halloween to everyone, man. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Joining us is Rich Samini, who we know always does a phenomenal job covering the Jets and has his own podcast that you can listen to. Um, where, where can they find that, Rich? Well, on any of the uh, podcast platforms, and uh, we're talking about a lot of Jets, uh, Bengals, and uh, this week, so kind of analyzing dissecting the debacle from last week so we get into everything yeah so all right let's let's kick it off here first and foremost uh, explain what happened with joe flacco and why he couldn't get to new york sooner um you know of course he's been here before you know i i guess everything that i've read and understand is that uh because he couldn't get here until friday that was a big factor as to why he's not starting today, and it's going to be Mike White. If you can kind of explain more about the trade for Joe Flacco, uh, why wasn't there a veteran in the room to begin with, and uh, and your expectations for Mike White today? Right. So uh, I'll try to sit through that um, as best I can. Uh, the Jets traded for Joe Flacco with the intention that he would come in as the backup. First of all, I can tell you that. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, that's what my sources are telling me. Now, as for the reason why, you know, that trade was done on Monday afternoon, and he didn't show up till Friday for his first practice. Um, on Friday, Flacco told the reporters that, you know, it was some family-related matter, just getting his family situated. Uh, he said it was not anything COVID-related. I was told that on Monday after the trade, he had to take a couple of different COVID tests with the Jets because there was some complications, but he insisted that there was no COVID issues. Uh, the bottom line is, you know, he showed up a couple of days late for personal reasons, and so that pretty much eliminated him. He's going to be inactive against the Bengals, but he will be in play to play next Thursday against the Colts. Rich, I mean, you talked about him being in place to play. Like, do you what, what do you think is the long-term plan for Flacco? After this trade? Well, yeah, I think Mike White is going to start for as long as he can play well. And if Mike White struggles against Cincinnati, you know, I would not be shocked if Flacco starts on Thursday against uh, Indianapolis. Um, 
Um, you know, they, Josh Johnson's going to be the number two against Cincinnati. They obviously do not think much of Josh Johnson. He's just a placeholder until Flacco's ready to go. And look, we all know, you know, it's Zach Wilson's job when, you know, when he gets healthy, it's a two to four week injury. So I think he's only going to miss, you know, three, you know, two or three games. So it's a temporary gig. It's, it's just a temp job for Joe Flacco or for Mike White. Gotcha. And last week I was asked a question about how, you know, how do you get up for, for a game? You know, if you're, if you're going into a game and there's no expectations, either you're on a losing side or you're, you have a great record, how do you get up for a game? And I, I had said that, you know, coaches always preach like this is uh, the NFL, you know, like they shouldn't have to motivate you to play, you know, you're, you're getting paid and you're professionals. And then we heard uh, Salah come out and say that almost that exact same thing. You're in the locker room. What is the mood? What is, what is the, the temperament like in there? I mean, this is a pride check week, right? I mean, when you get beat 54 to 13 by your division rival, I mean, there's a lot of hard feelings in the locker room. From my understanding, I think the defense had some players-only conversations this week. I think it was a very tense week around the Jet facility. I think there was some very direct and, and hard conversations that were had in, the, in those defensive meeting rooms. Um, the Jets... Last week, I think they gave up 551 yards. Over and here's a stat for you guys: over the last three games, the Jets have given up more yards than any three-game stretch in their franchise history. Mm. So, I mean, so we're talking some some bad defenses over the years, but this three-game stretch is the worst in terms of yards allowed. So, you can imagine what the feeling is in those defensive meeting rooms. You know, you, you look at how the Jets offense has struggled, right? Like uh, in the first quarter outscored 44 to zero this season. Also um, they've trailed by double digits in almost 70% of their offensive snaps. You know, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for the defense, Rich, but you know, when your offense isn't moving the chains and they're going three and out, three and out, three and out, it's, you know, it, it, it makes it, it makes it for a tough go. So, you know, I, I would, you know, I would imagine, I just, I, I guess my question is, you know, what, what were the expectations for the players in this team coming in? Like, it's like, the, to be quite honest, this is what I expected. I expected a young Zach Wilson to struggle in the NFL coming in from BYU. Like, this is what I expected. So, you know, to say that there's some dissension or, or some anger or some uh, frustration in the locker room, realistically what did they expect rich yeah i didn't uh i didn't mean to say there was dissension i just said there was anger i think there's a big difference um you know i don't sense any fracturing or anything like that um look they were the underdog in all six games so obviously they were not expected to win any of those games here's what i expected of the jets this year and i picked them to go five and twelve i'm sticking with that i still think they'll end up with five wins and I expected, though, here's the difference. I expected a team to fight into the fourth quarter and be competitive in the fourth quarter and then just give games away late in games because simply that they were not the better team. I don't think that the Jets, they're the least talented team every Sunday when they go on the field. And I expected them, you know, talent to ultimately prevail and then to lose some heartbreakers, you know, lose some close games on the last possession or the second-to-last possession. But be in the game and fighting hard. And they haven't been in 
some of these games. So that's that's the dis- discouraging part. I think if you're a Jet fan, I think you'd be okay with you know 21 to 17 type losses. You know, you could say, hey, look, you know, our guys were fighting, we're just not quite there in terms of talent. But obviously, that wasn't the case last week. You know, they were out of the Atlanta game pretty early. They they made it interesting at the end. But you're right. I mean, when you can't score in the first quarter, I mean, they're historically bad in the first quarter. It really puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Yeah, I, I mean, I to put pressure on the defense, to say the least, and Anita, I know you don't want to make excuses for them, but from a defensive player's standpoint, it's it's tough. It's really frustrating when you're going out there and it's either three and out or it's, it's you know, a pick or a quick turnover and you just have to run back out there. It wears a defense down, and that does contribute to, um, like you said, that anger and that frustration. And, and, you know, I know what you're saying. They came in, they did probably weren't expecting uh, to have the great season. Um, they were underdogs. I just, I, I can't buy it because as a player, I still feel like you go out every single week and you, 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 you expect you practice so that you can win this game. Like, I can't imagine going into a building, you know, for a, or a Wednesday practice and really not thinking that, that I have an ability to affect the change in, in the game. Like, is there, is there any sense that this season is salvageable or, or is there any sense that there's, um, uh, a, a way to turn the ship around, or is it is it the same? You know, more of the same. Well, they are getting healthier. You know, C.J. Mosley will play. Uh, you know, and then they're getting Jared Davis back, their linebacker that lost, they lost in the preseason. So that'll be the first time those two guys will be together. So that's encouraging. Uh, you know, on on defense, uh, so they'll pretty much have all their guys on defense. So I think this will, this has to be a defensive game for the Jets. You're going up against a really strong offense with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who's setting all these records. They have a good running back, a good tight end. So the Jets are starting. Mike White, who's the first NFL start. What you want to do is you know have a strong defensive game and have the defense carry the flag for the day because you know you got to help out the new quarterback. Try to alleviate as much pressure as you can on him. So we'll see if they can do that. It's going to be extremely tough. You know, Burrow and, and Chase are on fire right now. So this is a tall order for the Jets. What would you What would you so consider a positive you, outcome? What would you consider positive for them coming out of this game? Well, <laughs> uh, I don't think they're going to win. I mean, I think they're a double-digit underdog. Anita would know that better than ten, anyone. Ten, but ten, I, yeah, ten and a half. Ten and a half. Yeah, I think it's been like twenty, yeah. uh, like fifteen or something years since the Bengals have been a favorite by this much in a game. So, uh, you know, so maybe, you know, maybe the Bengals are looking ahead to next week's game against Cleveland. You know, they are a fairly young team. This, this prosperity is new for them. Sometimes when teams go through this for the first time, you know, they get a little full of themselves and make it, maybe take an opponent lightly. So that, you know, wouldn't totally shock me if we see that today. But uh, otherwise, I think talent wins and Cincinnati's got more talent. Uh, Rich Samini joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Rich, if you can, I, I know we've we've mentioned are uh, healthy and are expected to be, as I like to call them, active and attractive. If you can kind of break down the list, Mosley's back. Who else is back? What can we expect from them? You mean, uh, I think, I mean, offensively, I mean, if you're looking at, like from a fantasy perspective, you know, uh, Corey Davis is, is highly unlikely to play. So Denzel Mims is going to get his big chance. You know, this is what he's been waiting for. He's only played 41 snaps this year. 
He was a healthy scratch a couple of times. I know the fans are clamoring. They want to see him. Reporters have been writing, you know, we want to see this guy. And so this is it. You know, he's going to get a huge opportunity. I expect him to be out there most of the game at wide receiver. And so this is a, who would have ever imagined that we'd be talking about Mike White throwing to Denzel Mims like a month or two ago. That just didn't seem to be even on the radar. But here we are, and that's what the Jets are facing today. You know, I mean, Rich, before tough, I let but... you go, it, it is, it, it is really tough, but you know, Rich, before we let you go, I, I mean, you know, obviously hosting Sports Talk Radio here in New York, um, you know, Jets fans are, and I'm sure you, you get it on social media as well, you know, how, how frustrated they are and, you know, they want to point the finger and, you know, they're, they're pointing the finger at, at, at Joe Douglas more than Robert Sala. So I, I'm just, if you can kind of share with us before you go, like, you know, it doesn't look obviously like the season is 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 you know is looking is going to look any better if you especially if you look at the opponents and of course with uh, Zach Wilson injured but what what are your expectations for Joe D is he on the hot seat is he not um you know it, yeah. how long of a leash does he have what what do the Johnsons think of him kind of share with us your thoughts on Joe D yeah there's he, there's no hot seat he's not going anywhere uh, you know, the, the Jets knew this was going to be a tough year. While they didn't say that publicly, you, when you go with a rookie quarterback, you know, you're going to have uh, severe growing pains. This roster, it's the youngest team in the league on paper. They're playing anywhere from six to eight rookies a week in the, who are playing prominent roles. They have a, a rookie head coach. They have a rookie coordinator. I think – it, you know, I know, in fact, from talking to people around the organization, they expected to have a, a rough year. Now, I don't think they expected to lose 54 to 13 to the Patriots. That was just a complete and utter no-show, which was alarming because it was after a bye week. But be that as it may, I think they expect some more tough times coming up ahead. And, and I think they were fully willing to know they knew this was coming. So now this is the storm they're in right now, and they're just going to have to Green and Barrett, and they have a lot of draft picks. Joe Douglas has he's going to have four picks in the first two rounds in the spring. And so, no, he is not under the hot seat. Ownership is fully behind him and Robert Solid. Now, could there be changes on the coaching staff? I certainly would think that is a possibility. But the two key people, Solid and Douglas, are not going anywhere. Uh Rich, again, thank you so much for spending some time with us uh, this morning. Really do appreciate it. Um, I'd say enjoy the game, but um, I, I think I, I don't, well, I don't you never know. know. I'm, you never know. It's any given Sunday. We'll see what happens. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. I was an extra, I was an extra in that movie, by the way. So, yeah. Any, any, okay. any, any, I just was, I wasn't, I wasn't in any of the locker room scenes, of course. <laughs> um, but I was, at a few, I was at a few of the parties and, uh, and at the stadium. So, but anyway, awesome. uh, Rich, nice Rich, resume th- you have. <laughs> Rich, thank you so much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. You got it. Thank a- you. Again, Rich, Rich Samini joining us. Yeah. So, so Kiwi, I, I'm born and raised mm. in Miami. So mm-hmm. I, I lived, I lived on South Beach. I lived in Coconut Grove. I know you're familiar with those two areas. And, mm-hmm. um, and so they filmed, uh, they filmed any given Sunday down there. They filmed it at the Dolphin Stadium and a lot of the parties they had uh, at Vizcaya, which is right around the corner from where I lived in, in Coconut Grove. And, and I, so I had, a, I had, when I was down there, a number of my girlfriends were models. And so they needed extras 
for the movies and they and they paid well it was like five hundred dollars a day to go and like hey. dress up get right like get Why your hair not? and makeup did and <laughs> hang out with like you know all these you know pretend football players and party yeah. and or you know pretend that you were a fan in the stands cheering them on so um so it was it, love- was, it was a it was a fun time man because they felt they were down there for a good three months Oh, I can imagine. I love how you brought us back to like some fun, positive aspects of football. You know, <laughs> know, after after the, after that conversation, we had to we had to we had to bring it back. We had to bring it I back. I know, a bit. I know. Gosh, I just feel like I just poor Mike White. He's just going to be fed to the Bengals. No pun intended. Uh, there's there's a prop bet out there over under one and a half interceptions. Of course, you know me. I took the over in that. You get that at plus money. I think it's at like plus. I think it's at like plus one thirty right now. I don't. It's just. I mean, come on, Mike White, but Rich, Denzel Mims. But Rich was saying it. You know, like you, you come in a season, you know that there's going to be some struggles. You know, I you know I, I kind of I have to assume that they're looking at it from a different perspective. You know, they're looking at it like, okay, listen, like whatever happened last week, like let's just let that go. Let's get better this week. And that's why I was trying to ask him, like, what does he think is a positive outcome for you know for this weekend? Like, yeah, maybe maybe the expectation isn't for them to win, but maybe there's something that they're pointing to and say, hey, listen, like we're going to do X, Y, and Z better, you know, so that we can set ourselves up for the future because you know, from a, a player standpoint, you have to have something, you have to have something to hold on to, to go into that game. And for me, it was always, we have a chance to win, you know, like there's no doubt in my mind, you know, and so I can't imagine being in a situation where, you know, this is your quarterback, this is your team, these are your injuries, and and this is your situation. There's got to be something that's going to help motivate them to, to, to get through this, this next week and the rest of the season. My team joins the program. What's up? What's up? How you doing? Good morning. How's everyone doing? Dia? Matthias? Good, Everything's good. great. Happy Halloween, by the way. Yeah, you too, Anita. What what are you dressed up as? Uh, you you weren't you weren't watching Daily Wager. I'm uh, I'm 29. And You're always you 29. Watch, and if you watch Squid Games, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have not watched Squid Game? Have you? I have not. I you have not either. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you? You're just not demented and sick like the rest of us. Busy. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I dressed up as 29 from uh, from Squid Game. And, and once you watch it, you, you'll understand and you'll know exactly who that is. So right. happy Halloween to everybody. I know it's kind of a, an interesting for Halloween to, to fall on a Sunday. Ty and I were talking about it earlier. It's kind of weird. But nonetheless, uh, since we since we got you for an hour, Mike, let's dive right into it. Let's start with the Jets and the Bengals. Uh, your thoughts on this matchup, Mike White starting today against a Bengals defense. So much is talked about their offense. People don't realize how good that defense is. And I just shared this stat just a second ago, 19 sacks on the season so far through seven weeks. Mind you, they had 17 total on the season last year. Marinating that for a minute. Your thoughts on how this game's going to play out, Mike? Yeah, look, this is, a, I think, a big game for Joe Burrow and the Bengals from a standpoint. They had a huge win you know, everything about human nature is, hey, we're going to have a letdown because we're playing a backup quarterback on a team that's been struggling. Um, and if I was a Bengal fan, I'd be really encouraged by Joe Burrow's comments about, hey, no one's going to care about beating Baltimore if we lose, you know, the next bunch of games. So my concern from a Jet perspective is I totally agree with what you just said, Anita. This Bengal defense is really underrated. They um, are, are fifth overall in defensive efficiency, which is to me like the best, most accurate metric to uh, assess uh, an opposing defense. And if I'm Mike White, I got to figure out where my completions are coming from early. And a lot's been said this week, guys, about the Jets haven't scored any points in the first quarter. And, Matthias, I'd be curious to get your point of view from a player perspective. 
that to me, my concern, guys, is this. You're going to lose confidence in the plan because you should go to the stadium every week on both sides of the ball to say, hey, there's some matchups that are really in our favor. It could be screens or draws. It could be a red zone matchup. It could be something we like, our slot against their slot corner. Whatever it is, there's one or two matchups that we're going to really feel great about. And when you score zero points, my concern from a player perspective, if I'm in that jet building, is do I have confidence in the coaches in their plan? Yeah, I can – it, when you when you start flat, it just it sets a bad tone for the for the entire game. Now you're trying to manufacture enthusiasm, and you're you're always starting off trying to you know, you're coming from behind, you know, from a, a enthusiasm standpoint. And I, that that number that's that like not being able to score, you know, first quarter like that that to me is is astonishing. You know, it's it's really difficult to overcome. Um, you said uh, I missed what you said about your your the best metric to measure defense. What was that? So it's called defensive efficiency, and basically, okay. what that that takes away, like garbage time points, you know, where um, you know people are scoring with more than two point uh, two touchdown leads late in the fourth quarter, things like that. So it's very similar to total rankings, but in theory, it gives a, a more accurate measurement. All right, no, I like that. Um, it, when you when you're when you're starting a, a backup quarterback. What what is the what is the mindset? How does the mindset change? Like you were talking about, you've been you've you've seen coaches, you've been front office. Like what is what is the mindset uh, from the offensive staff? Like how do they prepare a backup quarterback differently than a starting quarterback? Yeah, I think a couple of things. One is, hey, we're gonna this week we're gonna have to score points. Look, we know that the Jet defense has actually played really good football. Arguably, you know, it's the strength of their team, um, but. They're gonna they're going against a prolific offense. Jamar Chase may be the you know rookie of the year. Burrow's playing obviously great, so we're we're gonna need to score points. And I think really for Mike White because of his inexperienced guys, they got to find completions early. So that could be out of the backfield. Um, you know that could come from a, a number of different spots. But they're gonna have to get the ball to somebody early to to create some confidence that they can move the ball. And that to me is when you're thinking about. How do we win this game? Sure, you're going to want to stay balanced. Um, but more, more than that, to me, Matthias, is get the ball out of his hands early. Don't take sacks. Don't have negative plays. And at least try to move the ball. And then, look, I don't know who's going to be you know, an offense. Is it going to be Corey Davis? Someone's going to have to step up and, and, and really say, like, that we could run our passing game through this player just so they could get something to hang their hat on. Well, I don't think it's going to be Corey Davis. Uh, I, I don't. I don't anticipate. I think he's doubtful heading into this game. Right. Again, we'll, we'll is, know is about... he officially out yet? Do we? we, I, we don't I have know not. Yet. I'm, I've been. I've been keeping an eye out on those reports. I have not heard anything yet. Uh, but we had Rich Samini on earlier. Um, he does. You know, he's, he's. Davis is coming to this game as doubtful. We'll see what happens. Obviously, as you know, we'll know at 11:30 when the active and active lists come out. But you know, I, I want to go one step further in regard to the quarterback position. And, and, and Kiwi and I talked about this earlier. You know, I'm not sitting here telling you that Mike White is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson, but he's got more experience. He's a little bit more savvy. I, I just a, a part of me like and and, and and again, we know that the the Jets have been outscored in the first quarter, 44 points to zero. I, I just I I think and and don't get me wrong, I, and and we're gonna give our score prediction soon at the end of the show, and and I do have Cincinnati winning this game, but. I just something my gut's telling me is that you know his veteran experience, and not that he's been in the league for 15 years, but a little bit more savvy than Zach Wilson. It might do this team well, Mike. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it, if we were talking about Joe Flacco, you know, maybe, but you know, he he's bounced around. You know, he started with Dallas, been, been with the Jets now a couple of years. I I just um, again, he just doesn't have um, a lot of experience. And again, you know, assuming that you're right, if, if Corey Davis is out, like, is it Michael Carter? Like, who who's he going to get the ball to? That again are easy throws because what you don't want to have happen is, and I understand what you're saying. Like, problem with Zach Wilson is. I don't think it's really a problem. It's what's really expected. Like, there's going to be up and down moments of a rookie quarterback, and his flash plays have been great. You know, some of the plays he's made, as you know, from a Jet perspective, gives us a lot of hope and optimism for the future. There's going to be some down plays, and we've seen that. You know, in fairness, with Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, that's to be expected. And I understand your point. Like, maybe it'll be a little bit smoother with Mike White, but my point is, like, he really hasn't done a lot yet either. So. Again, I'm saying from a perspective of an offense, like where are they going to get their confidence? And to me, they have to avoid sacks and turnovers early in the game so they don't have this mindset of like, oh, here we go again. What, what if he does come out and play well? What, what happens if he comes out and has a game? Of, I mean, let's have some positivity here. Like, what 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 it was his mindset upstairs if he comes out and balls out? Like, is there a yeah, difference? It's, it, it's funny you say that because uh, Michael K asked me that on Friday. I do a weekly hit with those guys. You know, and what happens if he plays well over the next couple of weeks? Hey, look, there's nothing wrong with him playing. Like, we want Zach Wilson to be great for the next 10 years, not the te- next 10 minutes. And you never want to see any player get hurt. But this could be a blessing in disguise. Like, let things slow down a little bit. Again, I know it was a different sort of era, but, like, we had a guy in Chad Payton, a first-round quarterback. He sat for almost two years. You know, Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. It's not the end of the world. For these guys to take a little bit of a breather, take a step back, get the mental reps, um, and keep learning. So just because he's not playing, that doesn't mean he's not developing. I think I think it's so it's so we're so quick to forget that quarterbacks didn't always come in and play right away. Like that's that's a relatively new new thing, and we're we're still expecting them to to come on the scene and and to perform you know very well in their first year. And it's a difficult game. It's a difficult game to understand and until it slows down. Like you said, it, it's going to be difficult. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six is the phone number you want to get on board. Um, we'll get to your calls. Also, let's. Uh, I, I know that you know we're we're a night away, but with the Giants and the Kansas City Chiefs, Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, I, I like I like the Giants in this game. I really do. And and we've been talking about it a good good portion of the show. And that is, I think we're just so stagnant in looking at Kansas City and and just assuming that they are the team that we've seen the past year, two years, and they are far from it. I mean, their defense is god-awful. Their offensive line is awful. Patrick Mahomes has as many interceptions as Zach Wilson, and this team has 17 turnovers this season. They are so bad. So I, I like the Giants in this spot. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Game script, how do you see Monday night playing out, Mike? Yeah, Anita, it's so funny you say that. I completely agree. I think the Giants win this game. I think. Thank it's you. Pin- Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I think Somebody a- else. Somebody yeah. else agrees with me. Thank yeah, you. no, Anita, I, they're the – they're the tougher team, and if, if I'd feel even better about it if uh, their injuries were a little bit more clear about, you know, it sounds like Shepard and Tony are trending towards playing. And, again, a lot could happen till Monday night, um, as we know. But, um, I, you know, I, I look at the Chiefs right now. They can't stop anybody in mm-hmm. terms of they can't rush the passer. They can't cover anybody on the back end. Chris Jones has you know moved around not as effective as he's been in the past. Um this is a team to me that I think the Giants will score, and if they do, it puts more pressure on Patrick Mahomes. He's still the best player in our sport, obviously, but 
Uh, I think they're playing them at the right time. I just wish the Giants were a little bit healthier. But I think the way Joe Judge is coaching this team, I think they're tougher. And I think they're going to go in there and give Kansas City all they can handle. I'm with you. I'm with you. I love the 10 and a half, and I'm going to play them on the money line. Let's go to our phone lines, gentlemen. We got Buddha in the Bronx. Buddha, you're up. Welcome in. What's going on, family? How you doing today? Great. Good, Good morning. Hey, Buddha. All right. Listen, guys, um, really quickly. Now, listen to Rich Semini. Uh, that was a very depressing kind of a conversation, to be quite honest with you. I mean, we said they're going to they're get the five wins. Look at their schedule. I mean, that ship sailed when they lost to the Falcons and to the Panthers. If they're lucky, then they beat both Texans and Jaguars. We'll have three wins this season. But, um, you know, what was even more discouraging, and, and I don't want anybody to lose their job. That's not what I'm talking about. But when you hear, Anita, you asked the question, you said, is Joe Douglas on the hot seat? And then Rich was like, no, not at all. I mean, I don't need you to be on the boiling hot seat, but I need that seat to be a little bit warm. I mean, I'm 50 years old, man. And Keith, I'm going to throw this question out to you. You know, you know, as a fan, it's becoming very difficult to keep hearing year after year, right, we're not going to be good this year, but down the road we're going to be good. I mean, I guess the Jets will be a good team in 2028. But um, as a player, you know, when you go into a season or you go into a game like you were discussing, but when there's really like no expectation to win, I mean, as a competitor, like how does that sit with you? Walking into that building, like saying like this year, I know we have no chance to win. They're veteran players on that team. C.J. Mosley. I mean, if I was him, I would want to get the hell out of here. Marcus May. If I'm him, I want to get the hell out of here. And then we got Quentin Williams, you know, one of our blue chip draft talent that, you know, we're slim with. When his contract comes up, why would he want to stay here if we're not really trying to put a competitive team on the field year after year? Thanks for the call. Yeah, I'll address that. I – I was very fortunate. I played for the Giants, Giants during a time period. And that was the only team I played for during a time period where every year we felt like we had an opportunity to win the win the championship. From the time I got there, you know, the talk about Eli kind of disappeared. Eli being, you know, the negative talk about Eli had disappeared. The second year we won the championship, and from then on, it was just, just you know, just uh, you know, trying to get back to back to that that level. So I don't know. What I do know is I have teammates who played in, you know, Detroit or Tampa Bay when, you know, when they were bad and and it affects them mentally. Like it still affects them. It is it is very difficult to overcome psychologically when you are um, a professional, you're a master at your craft. That's why I said that these guys are these are professional athletes. These are some of the best athletes in the world. You know, we can get up here and say, oh, so and so is a bum or, or this guy. But like that guy is better than, you know, is in the top. 0.5 or whatever percent of athletes in the in the country, if not in the world. So to have that kind of outlook and that mindset, I have to go all the way back to my days at, at St. Simon Elementary on the east side of Indianapolis for, to, 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 when, to when I really just didn't have a chance to, to win a game. And I thank goodness I was young enough back then that it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to wasn't going to damage me. But I, I, yeah, I feel for these players. And I, I do wonder myself, like, what is what is it like? Because, you know, we heard Salah come out and say, you know, this is, you know, the um, the NFL and you shouldn't have to motivate players to to get up and play because and he, and he's right you know and after retiring you can look back at your career and and understand how special every single opportunity is but when you're in it it's difficult to to go into it must be difficult to go into those games um, you know the way that they are 
New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.